Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Houdet Nation, and thanks for joining us on the Don't Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and today we are doing our Jaguars-Saints preview for the Thursday night game. Uh, We've got uh, Don't Patrol members, myself, I'm hosting um, for Jeff, and we've also got Wesley and James from Don't Patrol, and then from the Jaguar Report, uh, Jaguars podcast on the Fans First Sports Network, we've got John Shipley. How is everybody doing today? Hey, doing great, man. Yeah, it's one of these one of these short weeks. You know, I'm not really I'm not really a fan of Thursday football. I will watch it, but I know I know the players don't like it. I know why they do it, but I'm not a fan just because of of a lot of the injuries and players' bodies not being ready. But there's nothing really that we can do about it. Luckily, this or I should say, not luckily, but um, I've got the game at home tomorrow. I've got season tickets. Um, so how, John, how are you feeling coming into this game on a short week? Obviously the big question is with Trevor Lawrence and his knee. Um, so, so how do you feel about that so far? Yeah, no, it's, it's really a shame that Lawrence's injury like happened. Like it was like three minutes left in the game. Basically it's been funny. Like every, every fan and somebody on social media has been slamming the Jaguars for, calling a naked bootleg with Lawrence three minutes left in the game that you've already won. And every time Doug Peterson has talked, he's been like, well, he was supposed to just fall down. <laughs> so it seems like <laughs> it, it's just like unfortunate situation. If that didn't happen, that the energy and vibes just from the Jaguars over the last three weeks would be as high as they were, you know, toward the end of the last season. Like it just, it really feels like internally and the Jaguars believe this, that they're really kind of hitting their stride and finally clicking after a rough, you know, first three weeks or so to start the season. Like it, the plays during that rough stretch, they were there to be made and they just weren't executing. You know, I believe they led the league in drops up to that point. A lot of turnover plays that didn't need to happen in high leverage situations. But over the last three weeks, they've kind of handled all that. The defense has played well. The offense has looked more in sync. So if it wasn't for Lawrence's injury, I think they'd be feeling great. But because of that, there's definitely some hesitation as to, OK, what exactly do we think are going to get from them on Thursday? Yeah, it was interesting that the the gambling line flipped. Originally, the Jags were favored, and then when the Lawrence injury came out, it flipped to the Saints are favored. So um, I went ahead and actually grabbed the Jags money line <laughs> before it flips back because it, it sounds like it sounds like he's going to play tomorrow. I I think he's going to play. I, I I all the really signs, especially from you know being at the stadium. And this week, kind of hearing what players and coaches are saying about it, it really seems like he's probably going to play. Now, John, you know, Jason let in. I, I mean, I think we all agree that the Thursday night game is 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 bad most of the time. And then, <laughs> um, 
you know, the, maybe the only thing worse is the 15 hour flight to London um, before a game and then the 15 hour flight back home after a game and before another game, which uh, right now the Jaguars are, are, are in the process of doing both because you, you flew out, you, you hosted a game against the, the Falcons and then had another game against the Bills, then fly back and play the Colts at home and then have to immediately head out and, and head to New Orleans. Um, are, are you, I know that y'all did a good job of getting out to London early, but since then you've left London, you've gone to Jacksonville, you turned around and gone to New Orleans. You worried at all about, I mean, this is probably the worst case scenario for y'all, non-injury related, um, as far as the, the way this kind of lines up and when to have a Thursday game. Is that any concerns there about fatigue and just this no. many games and all that? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, it's like it's their third game, I think, in the last eleven days, and there's been a ton of travel, you know, included in that. I mean, I mean, just some of the injuries that they had last week. Like, it, it wasn't just Lawrence who got banged up. Uh, right guard Brandon Sheriff, their highest paid offensive lineman, one of their offensive team captains, left the game with an ankle injury. He's questionable. Cornerback Tyson Campbell won't be playing because he got a hamstring injury. So it seems like injuries too are kind of hitting them at the wrong time when it comes to the short week and. I will say how how the Jaguars played in week six tells me that maybe they're equipped to kind of handle it. I I thought they were going to beat the Colts, but I didn't think it'd be as soundly because a year ago they came back from London, played the Las Vegas Raiders, and fell down 17 to 0 at halftime. Like they looked like they had literally just gotten off the plane. And I thought they were going to see some of that last week, but it really seemed like they didn't didn't miss a beat. So obviously it's an ideal situation. Like like you say, you ask any player and they basically tell you they start feeling kind of normal after a Sunday game starting on Thursday. So I'm like, so why are you guys, you know, playing a game? But I I do think that they're probably more equipped to handle this than maybe they were last year when they were still kind of a younger, more inexperienced team. I think if one team has got the experience and the know-how of how to handle the travel, it is the Jaguars because they come over every year. They come over to the UK every year. So you know, I, 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 me personally, I'm not concerned. I wouldn't be concerned knowing that the Jags do that every year. I know this was a longer trip and it's a Thursday night game, but uh, but yeah, they're the team that are going to be equipped to handle it better than anybody else in the league. Yeah, no, it really seems like they pick up more airline miles than anybody else. I mean, just, <laughs> just the amount of trips that they've taken over there. And I think, I really think it's starting to show after like a decade plus of teams playing over there. It's starting to show that experience going over there and experience yeah. with the travel makes a difference. So I don't the Jaguars last year, I believe their only Thursday night game was at home. So they haven't gone on the road on a short week like this in a while. So I am interested to see that. Yeah, I mean half half their wins this season are in London. So yeah. they, they figured out how to go to London and, yeah. uh, and play on the pitch. Now, you know, you, you talked about some injuries. The, the Saints are having some uh, terrible injuries on the offensive line. Our, our starting right tackle is not going to play. Our starting left tackle is not going to play. Um, one of them, there's going to be either multiple people who haven't really played much in the NFL or people playing completely out of position or people that should not be playing in the NFL, <laughs> um, uh, you know, blocking um, how are the Jaguars with their, their pass rush and their run defense? How's their defensive line is, I mean, when we're talking about a B-level offensive line, for sure, is playing on, on Thursday, are the Jaguars going to just exploit that and just blow it out of the water? Or is that a weakness of y'all's where this is going to be an interesting matchup and see what happens? Yeah, it's really interesting because the Jaguars' defensive line, it's a great 
early down, like run down defense. Like they, their entire kind of defensive philosophy is while a lot of teams see third down as the most important down on a series, the Jaguars have said repeatedly they see first down because they want to kind of make teams one dimensional, force them into third and longs. So they're a great run stopping unit on passing downs, though. They, they definitely have less juice than they did even last year. And they weren't a great sack team last year. They were an okay pressure team, but. They're, they're really, in my opinion, missing a guy like Arden Key. Uh, Trayvon Walker is better than he was from, a year from ago. From LSU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, he was somebody I couldn't believe that they didn't keep. Like just he, he fit everything they like to do on defense. He fit everything they liked off the field. So, And to me, through the first like part of the season, like they have 12 and a half sacks right now, and seven of them belong to Josh Allen. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of been a one-man show. Like To his credit, though, Josh Allen, this has been – the best year of his career so far. He's matched his sack total from a year ago. He's always been a really consistent pressure guy, but he was one of those guys who, you know, while some guys get a lot of sacks, but don't blow away with like the pressure number, he was the opposite. He'd get a lot of pressures, but not a lot of sacks. It seems like that's kind of corrected this year. So he's definitely the guy to watch, but otherwise like Trayvon Walker's gotten better, but he's still not, I'd say like a number one, what you'd expect from a pass rusher, number one overall. They don't really have any semblance of an interior rush. Like the, the guy they're hoping to save their interior rush played his first game last week after missing time with a torn Achilles last year. So, but it, it all of their hopes are really cashed in on guys who there are question marks around. It, it was funny the other day, Doug Peterson was asked about the defense and asked about the trade deadline. He was like, Yeah, pass rush. We talk a lot about that in this room. And we, we really beat him over the head with the pass rush questions. And that's really probably the one area where Josh Allen will lead them. But otherwise, there's definitely a lot of question marks. What, um, what type of rusher is Josh Allen? Speed, power, or can he do everything? He, he can do everything, honestly. Like, he definitely shows some different moves. He's really good dipping around the edge. He's obviously a good athlete. He has a really nice chop move, a nice outside kind of ghost rush dip move. But they're also a team that they really rely on bull rushes at, in general, kind of across the front in their pass rush technique. So he's also somebody who can go right down the middle. He He's really, to me, a as balanced of a pass rusher and an edge defender as you want to see, because yeah. a lot of guys with his skill set maybe aren't as good against the run. They kind of focus on passing downs. He's just as good against the run as he's on passing downs. And he can kind of mix it up depending on the tackle he sees. Trayvon Walker, on the other hand, he, he's going to be a bull rush for about 40 times a game. <laughs> There's That's about it. No, uh, I mean, and I would say like, if we were had any health i would i would care if he was a speed rusher or bull rusher and i would care if he was going to line up on the right side or left side but but honestly it doesn't matter like he, it's not he gonna could tackle yeah. he could, any, anything he does is going to be a problem for us like, <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if we knew what side he was going to be on we might triple teaming with two tight ends and whatever uh, tackle is standing on that side of the field um but yeah. uh i i watched uh I haven't watched a lot of Jaguars games this year, but I did, um, of course, watch the two 8.30 a.m. games, and he's he's a problem. I mean, he's he's for sure, like, a talented player there. And I, I thought, um, and I don't know how you felt, but, like, I, I really thought that the Bills kept looking like they were shooting themselves in the foot. And, like, at some point, I was like, in the fourth quarter of this game, the Bills are going to end up winning by 12 because they're just going to they're just gonna score more. In the, but Josh Allen kind of, Every time the Bills would kind of get something going, he would single-handedly. I mean, the Jaguars were not didn't look like they were interested in winning that game, except for Josh Allen. We kept making plays as soon as like the Bills would get going. So, um, it's really uh, interesting watching that and just you know kind of dreading this conversation, even if we were healthy. 
It's that it's that contract year bump. We have seen that uh, a few times in, in New Orleans as well. Now, have, having said, have, have you watched uh, many New Orleans Saints games or seen any of the, the Saints kind of play and kind of what's your overall from an outsider's view? What's your kind of feeling um, as far as how we look and then how you're going to match up with that offense or yeah. defense? One yeah, no, I, yeah, so I, I, I have watched some Saints. I have a few. Uh, oh, friends. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, been, it's been funny to follow along with the Pete Carmichael saga from like a oh. instant. Oh, you do know that guy. <laughs> Perfect. Y'all looking for oh, a yeah. new offensive coordinator? We'll give you a deal. Yeah. Don't mention that name in front of Jason. It triggers him badly. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, meet on uh, our podcast, me and my co-host, he was talking, he was going over some numbers and how they're like a super low motion team. And I sent him the video of him talking about uh, why I don't use motion. <laughs> they're like, why don't you use motion? He's like, yeah, we could do it more. <laughs> he's like, That's not an answer. No, no, it's not an answer. That's been his answer for a year and a half. Yeah. And it's, no, so, and it's weird. So and then I, we go, I, we I, go into last week and use motion on 37% of our plays, which is like, the highest number in the NFL in years for a game. It's the weirdest. I don't. It, we it's, have no it's, explanation. It's awesome watching coaches get bullied basically by local media into in, into doing things. It, it really is. But uh, just my basic like gist of their offense, like they they don't really throw a lot of change ups on you in terms of exotic formations. Obviously, a low motion rate team, a low play action rate team. It kind of feels like. Honestly, like the typical Derek Carr offense, except if maybe he's throwing downfield a bit more this year than he has in past years. But but he loves, at least to me, throwing everything really to the outside, like throwing to the boundaries, throwing obviously a lot of screens, throwing to the perimeter a lot. Doesn't like testing the middle of the field much, but I do think that the Saints have two weapons who I'm not sure how the Jaguars are going to really keep up with them. Because a lot of a obviously great receiver, one of the top young receiver talents in the NFL. Darius Williams has had a really good season, but with Tyson Campbell out this week, like it, it, they're not going to ask Darius Williams to shadow Chris Olave. It's just not what the Jaguars and Mike Caldwell do. So there are going to be times where Chris Olave is on Buster Brown, who's a second-year, late-day-three corner. I mean, ju- just for context, Gardner Minshew completed three passes of like 40 yards last week to make up like half of his passing yardage, and two of them came against Buster Brown when he came in. So he was the weak link of the secondary last week. So I think him against Olave is a mismatch in the Saints' favor. And then also Shahid against Buster Brown. I The, the Jaguars' sole problem on defense this year, it's been such a really underrated unit that's kind of really outpunched their weight class. Like, they've really gone and exceeded every expectation for them. But the one problem they've had is they've given up it feels like one big explosive play game just because of miscommunication to back end. So now that you have a young backup out there in that same secondary against an explosive player like Shahid, who has had a great downfield connection with Carr this year, I think that's probably a big mismatch that the Saints are going to look to exploit. Now, so when when you we've had that problem as, as the saints before too, where we had one good cornerback and then the other one that you just threw it yeah. to him over and over and over again. And we're just like, do anything else, please. Um, <laughs> has that kind of been the, the, um, the game plan kind of attacking y'all that's made, um, made games um, close. And then what did the, and I'm just bringing them up because we're talking about the bills that have multiple talented receivers, but did not take advantage of those matchups. What did y'all do to limit the bills there? Or was a lot of that, the bills, 
taking that Friday flight over, which was dumb and just not not looking not looking to, like themselves. Yeah, I, I think the thing that Jaguars definitely struggled with in the passing game has been kind of the deep passing game. They've allowed, you know, it seems explosive plays weekly in the passing game, whether it's because of blown coverages, did a poor technique, a miscommunication. Like against the Houston Texans, Tank Dell scored one touchdown, almost two touchdowns, but it was like a third of Houston's passing yards that day on two plays and both plays. <laughs> One guy ran a different coverage than everybody else, and they just happened to be on two of the biggest plays of the game. They have had that issue with a full secondary. So now that you have a young and experienced guy in there who blew a coverage or two last week, I, I do think that could be a problem. This last week was the only time he's really played. Tyson Campbell's one of their kind of like Ironmen on defense. Tyson Campbell's probably the best pure talent on defense after Josh Allen. So it's it's a substantial loss for sure. And I think the thing that the Jaguars have done to kind of combat maybe any cornerback depth issues in the past is like I said, they really kind of sell out on first and second down to try to force like third and nines, third and tens to where they can bring exotic blitz packages and throw offenses off a of rhythm. So if you're getting short second and third downs, I think you're winning as an offense against them. Well, the saints we've committed to, we like to throw incompletions on first down run for zero or one yard on second down and third and nines really where we like to put ourselves. Now, we haven't figured out how to get a first down from third and nine, but we, we're really comfortable in third and nine. So, you know, but we maybe, do take a lot maybe, of deep shots on third and nine. Maybe our plans are going to intersect here. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see who uh, who's worse at it. <laughs> um, now, switching the other side of the ball, um, you know, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence is back and forth. I said going into this year, I thought that the Jaguars weren't going to be able to, you know, repeat last year because I just, I just have not been sold on Trevor Lawrence. He's had the the big ups and the exciting comebacks and all. He's also had some not so great, you know, games. And maybe he's just young and still figuring it out. But I do think that y'all have a receiving core that's that's. Um, I think the pickup of Calvin Ridley is so underrated yeah. and under yeah. the radar that that guy. Obviously, he made a mistake. He's learning from it. But um, huge pickup for what was a, a top receiver talent that you basically got for nothing. Um, how how is y'all's offense going to stack up against our defense? We we believe our, our defense is a top four to eight defense, something like that. We've got uh, got some really good talent over there, and you know it's rare one team has scored twenty points on us in the last eighteen games, something like that. More more than twenty, yeah, more than more twenty, than 20. Yeah. Yeah. or scored more than. 20. So it's a what a how is y'all's offense going to set up against the Saints defense? Yeah, so I, I I think if you look purely at Lawrence's like production this year, just in terms of you know, touchdowns, things like that. The, the Jaguars offense, like I said, the first three, probably four weeks of the season really struggled in execution. This probably accounts for, I'd say, three or four potential touchdowns and a turnover here and there. So he he's somebody who I think he's at least been a consistent performer this year outside of Sands, a handful of situations. His issue as a quarterback is he never lets a play die. And that's one thing when you're Josh Allen and you're built like a linebacker. It's another thing when you're – built like a shooting forward or a light pole like Trevor Lawrence's. And, you know, it, it, again, a play he got injured on, it was a play he didn't let die. So that's been their big thing, kind of self-inflicted penalties, you know, turnovers. They've had Lawrence have a couple of fumbles in the red zone when they could have just kicked the field goal if he just took the sack. They've had Tank Bigsby had a insane week one where he let the pass go off his fingertips for an interception on one play. And then shortly after, fumbled a ball after the play wasn't blown dead for a touchdown 
they've just had some like really bad turnover luck this season. And a part of that is because, you know, they've had interior offensive line issues. You know, they've let a lot of pressure up the middle. Their offensive tackles have been strong this season. Walk a little start the first four games. He won't play this week. He he would have started at left guard if he was playing. So they're going to have a backup in at left guard to begin with. Uh, Cam Robinson's been strong since he came off his suspension two weeks ago. Anton Harrison has been good at right tackle, but uh, up the middle left guard, it's kind of been a revolving door all season. Luke Fortner in the center hasn't really taken a second year step struggles a lot with power. The teams that have heavier nose tackles in the middle and then right guard, Brandon Sheriff. I mean, he's dealing with his second, di- second different ankle injury this year. It looks like he's probably going to play because I mean, dude's a machine, but it, you can tell he really hasn't been a hundred percent all year. So that problem really is right up the middle. And when defenses can get more physical than them, I think the Jaguars for all the weapons they have for the quarterback they have, they still are t- the still a team that hasn't figured out how to be more physical and bully the other team. You kind of saw it against the Colts last week. They're sitting on like an 18 point lead in the second half and they're still airing it out because they can't they, just run it out. Yeah. Yeah. They're just yeah. not that kind of team. And I think that's something that could definitely show up this week. What I'm interested in is the saints are the kind of secondary that Calvin Ridley has honestly struggled against this year. The two worst games he's had have been against these kind of press heavy man coverage cornerbacks, Legereus Sneed and AJ Terrell. I could see Ridley having some problems with Marcus Lattimore this week, but I do think the guy to kind of watch on the other side is the Jaguars have basically said openly when they play teams that run a lot of man coverage, man coverage and a lot of press coverage, they're going to look at Christian Kirk a lot. So I think Kirk is the guy who could potentially have a big week this week. Between Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley, which one of them has been lining up in the slot the most, or is it really just a rotation of? Yeah, no, it's it's been Kirk almost, okay. uh, and that that's what I thought, and that's what yeah. scares me is yeah. we've got. Listen, we've got our most, our longest, fastest, most athletic cornerback is going to line up against him. It's Alante Taylor. He's going to line up in the slot. Um, he's just young. Um, he his athleticism and length makes up for a lot of mistakes that he gets. But when he's facing a top tier talent, like it can be a problem because he normally. He normally makes the wrong move and then is able to correct it once the ball's in the air or something like that. And so that um, he's made some mistakes this year. We think he will be good within the next by the end of the season, maybe um, yeah. starting next year. But but right now his adjustment from outside corner to slots been been a little rough. So that's our our biggest place where we're probably more susceptible. Uh, Paulson Adebo and Marshawn Lattimore are are very good you know, outside corners. I, I will say the one thing I'm interested in is while Kirk's basically been exclusively a slot receiver, he has played outside a bit more in recent weeks because Zay Jones has been dealing with a knee injury. Zay Jones won't be playing this week. As a result, the Jaguars have gone with like a lot more two receiver sets. I think like I saw oh. a stat. They they lead the NFL in 13 personnel the last two weeks. So wow. they've been leaning a lot on their tight ends with Zay Jones out. It's almost like with Zay Jones out. They're saying instead of replacing him with a third receiver, they're just going to add another tight end. It's strange that uh, we we still can't get um, Evan Ingram to really take that next step and just have like the big games that I think he's been he he every once in a while does he has big catches he shows these flashes and he just has never become that uh, that the guy that he looks like he could be and I guess that's normal with tight ends you see that a lot but he's always been one that I thought was. Just the, the the next year, the right offense away from from taking that step, and it he's been good this year, but it's just not. Uh... Yeah, he 
he's definitely, I think, capable of being like putting up like those Mark Andrews type numbers. It's just in their offense, like he he's checked down Charlie. Like he's the guy that they're they're throwing like the five yard routes to. Like if with Trevor Lawrence hurt, I'm expecting him basically to be a point guard on Thursday and just get rid of the ball instantly. If the over under on Evan Ingram catch was like eight and a half, I still might go over. I'm, I'm not sure if he'll hit 40 receiving yards on that, but I think he'll definitely, he'll definitely <laughs> that sounds familiar. It sounds like he plays on the Saints offense. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, I think that, I think T- that was Taysom Hill, Hill's his, stat line last week. Yeah, he had seven catches for 49 yards was his his career high in catches. But well, John, man, we really appreciate you coming in. Obviously, um, we know that uh, we didn't lead off with it, but uh, you are in the locker room and in the press conferences, right? Uh, and dealing with the team and with the, the coaches and all. So we really appreciate the insight. We do want to get a game prediction from you. Um, score prediction of uh, how confident are you and what are y'all going to do in in uh, in New Orleans Thursday night? So I've been going back and forth on who I think wins. I'm pretty sure the score is going to be a 17-13 pure slop fest. You're, sp- you're, night spe- you're speaking our language. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Right now, I think I'm leaning Jaguars just because I think even with the Trevor Lawrence, injured Trevor Lawrence, I like the Jaguars' defense against Derek Carr and a banged-up Saints offensive line, but it's not a confident 17-13 Jaguars win. I could see it just as easily the Saints win in this game. Are you, are you, so 17-13 Jaguars. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to argue because I don't think any of us are going to pick for either team to score nine, over 19 points. I don't I think there's any chance – of, of any of us doing that, uh, Jason, I can't I, wait to hear your three to zero uh, <laughs> score prediction. What my uh, what you, my co my co-host said sixteen to twelve, and I'm like, that's just a disgusting. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I was, I mean, that, that is a that, Thursday night that, score that, right there. Yeah, that is that is perfect. What what do you got, Jason? How are you feeling? Man, I, I was I was really ready to go twenty to ten Jags. <laughs> yeah, I was actually gonna gonna give him that twenty. You know, I was I was gonna give him that twenty. All right. Are you sticking with that? 20 to yeah. 20, 20 yeah, why not? We've got a it's, losing record. It, I, that's I probably predicted us to lose this game, uh, you know, in the offseason. So I, I just think the Jags are a better team and I have a better coach. So that's what I'm going with. James, James, John, just, you know, James has never predicted the Saints to <laughs> lose a game and he's never, not going to start today. Never will. <laughs> I, never, I, will, I will. never will. I will say on that coach comment, somebody added me in a tweet this week and was like, can a Jags media member ask Doug Peterson about being Zoomed by the Saints when he was interviewing for the coaching job? And I'm like, oh, man, that, that felt like some hurt in that tweet. <laughs> That's funny. Just a little bit, just a little bit. So as Wesley said, I never predict the Saints to lose. Uh, despite the offensive line injuries uh, and despite the poor performance last Sunday, uh, I still have faith, misguided faith probably, um, the Saints are going to pull out the win, nineteen seventeen. I like it. I like uh, it. Sounds like a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. Wesley, yeah. go on. Let's give us yours. Yeah, I'm. I'm all over the place of of this. The um, I can't get over the offensive line. I I I think that besides the offensive line, we match up well with the Jaguars to beat them in a low scoring game. But I, I mean, Art, we have a junior varsity offensive line going. It just we do terrifying. Um, I'm gonna say, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting Jaguars to win. Um, I'm gonna go 16, 15. 
Oh, <laughs> Same <laughs> score as the Tennessee game, week one. <laughs> wow. wow. But we're, it's not because of field goals. We are going to make a touchdown and miss the extra point. <laughs> Thanks, Grippy. Yeah. Actually, we're going to score two touchdowns, miss both extra points, oh, but he's going to make a field goal that doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> Kick a field goal as time expires to lose by one. <laughs> oh, but before the Saints play another game, they will have fired P. Carmichael. Uh, and so, so it's all so the loss is I all worth so. it. it the loss it, is all worth it. It was funny during the Gus Bradley era when the Jags won like ten games in five years. It felt like every single time that did win a game, the opposing team fired a coach. It was like, almost, <laughs> like oh, well, well, in in that case, I'm going to predict the Saints to win, and we fire <laughs> coach. <City. laughs> I don't think I don't think I think those times are are, are gone. Yeah, um, John, man, we really appreciate it. Uh, super insightful stuff. We we enjoy having you on. Um, if uh if we do end up placing uh, facing y'all in the Super Bowl, we'll uh, have you back on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but um, tell tell us how uh, how we can find you and how people can listen to your uh, you recovering the Jaguars. Yeah, so I I on the Jaguar Report podcast on Spotify, Apple. We stream on YouTube. We do twice a week. You know, we review a game on Monday, preview a game later in the week. You can also find me, you know, si.com slash NFL slash Jaguars. Um, you know, like I said, daily kind of coverage from inside the building. And if you want to find me on Twitter, because I'm still going to call it Twitter, it's exactly. underscore John underscore Shipley. Thank you, John. We really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, and good luck this week. Hopefully uh, no, no more injuries to either teams. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Cheers, John. Thanks a lot, yep. mate. Yeah, Thanks thank for coming. You. There's so much more that I wanted, and there's so much more that I needed, and time just moving on and on and on, soon we'll all be The Dome Patrol Podcast is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network.